Welcome back to the Falcons Pre-Prep Podcast, the place where we talk to staff, parents and some of the children about life at the school and in the community whilst we explore the world of early years learning. So let's step right into this episode of the Falcons Pre-Prep Podcast. We're about to take a look at maths and how it's approached at Falcons Pre-Prep with some help from Alex Murphy, who is maths coordinator at the school as well as being a year one teacher. Here's your chance to hear about how boys like to learn, how games and puzzles can motivate, and about how many coconuts you may need in an emergency. Hello, Alex. Hi, Clive. How are you doing? I'm very good. I'm looking forward to meeting you, hearing about your role in the school. Uh, We haven't met before, so I wonder if to start with, you could just tell me a little about yourself, what you do at Falcons, and perhaps how long you've been there. Uh, Well, it's my fifth year teaching at Falcons. Um, I've been in a mixture of uh, teaching reception in the early years uh, and recently teaching year one. This is my second year leading maths, which has been exciting. Um, And before that, I was at university in Roehampton uh, studying primary education. And I came straight here after university and loved the school. So um, stuck around for a bit in, in a variety of roles. Excellent. And what was it that made you think that teaching was the right career for you in the first place? Um, well, back, back in year 10, I think I was about 15 years old, um, I did a work experience with my grandmother, who was a teacher at the time at a, at a school in, in Western Supermare. Um, and I did the work experience with her for a week and just saw her passion and love for, for teaching. And, and from that day on, I just knew that's what I wanted to do. So sort of followed the path and, um, and, and just went, went with it. Excellent. And then when you came to Falcons, what was your first impression of the school as a place to work? Um, I, I mean, first of all, I just was taken by the, the community feel, the family feel to it. You know, it's it's a building that, that you look at it from the front and it looks like a house. And when you get inside, it feels like a home kind of thing. Um, it's it, The people here are lovely um, and the atmosphere is great. We've got a great relationship with the parents. Um, and I think that's really important for me as a teacher to have that support from the from the staff and also from from the parents as well. It's a big community feel. And of course, from reception upwards, Falcons Pre-Prep is a boys' school. What were your thoughts on working at a single-sex school? Was that a deliberate decision that you took? Or what are your perspectives there? I suppose it hadn't crossed my mind initially um, when I was applying for jobs uh, out of university. Um, and when I found this job, I sort of thought, I wonder what what the benefits and what the mm. pros and cons of working and, and being at a, at a single-sex school. Um, and having worked here now for five years, I, I can see all the, the tiny little intricacies that um, being part of a boys' school um, can bring. And you can, mm-hmm. you can really extract ideas, especially things like going, going from their interests and their, their curiosities. Uh, often you, you can find uh, common themes with boys that they like exploring, transport right. and you know, things like that, animals. And you can really plug those kind of things into their learning, which makes it relevant to them. And, and it's a real, real benefit for them and, and for us as teachers. I see. So in that single sex environment, you have particular ways that you can engage with the boys and make sure that the learning is right for them. Absolutely. Yeah, you can uh, you can make it applicable and, and, and relevant to, to what they're interested in. Uh, and, and if they're interested and, and engaged with a topic, then the learning just comes naturally. Is that just something you find within your work as a teacher or is it something that is characterised in the way the whole school works? Um, I think it's certainly characterised in the whole school. You can see the topics that we teach right from nursery up to up to year two. It's mm. often topics that we would generally expect boys to be interested in. You know, like I said, transport, animals, lots of um, like 
planes and um, things like that. It's 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 generally a, a topic uh, that we choose that that covers something that's in, that's in an interest for them. Oh, I see. Now you wear two hats at Falcons Pre Prep. You are a Year One teacher as well as Maths coordinator. How does that work? You holding both those roles? Um, well, firstly, I'm in class five days a week teaching Year One, which I love. Um, and in the past, I've been doing that in reception. Um, in terms of my maths role, it's coordinating the curriculum that we teach in the school. So it's uh, anything from from giving advice to other teachers from nursery up to year two, organising maths activities across the whole school and just tweaking our curriculum and, and, and making it work for everyone. So the approach that's taken to maths teaching, is that something that changes from time to time? Has it moved on a little perhaps from, from when you and I were at school? How do things look at the moment when it comes to maths? It's, uh, it's certainly moved on from when I uh, was at school, for sure. I, I love the way we teach maths here. I love how um, it's very interactive. It's very hands-on. It's very practical. Um, we start right from nursery, so right from three years old, we're introducing these concepts. Um, and it's, um, it's awesome how we can start that journey and we just keep going up and up the school. We teach these concepts and, we, and then we just go round spiral, 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 all the way around, continuously teaching these concepts up to year two. What makes it so special is that we do it from the early years and it's almost like a, a performance from the teachers when they're teaching maths. You know, it's, it's engaging for the boys, you know, and the girls from that, that year. Um, we have them using resources, using practical equipment to play with and before they know it, they're, they're exploring these concepts without actually being sort of head-on taught. So Alex, give me an example. You mentioned there about practical lessons about things being hands-on give me an example of, of how that might work with a particular mathematical idea so if we were teaching uh, addition subtraction for example we might start by having the children on a on the carpet and we might from an em- from a concealed bag because we all know, know that children are always excited by a concealed bag this sounds um, fun already <laughs> from the concealed bag we might pull out a spider and a bear Mm. Um, and then the teacher might sort of under her breath be counting the legs while all the children are sat around going, what's she doing? What's he doing? What's going on here? And eventually they start to sort of preempt the learning. They start to go, or oh, maybe she's counting the legs and maybe they, maybe they're adding up the legs together. And you can start, you can see them twitch, twitching and fidgeting going, oh, I know what it is. I know what it is. And before you know it, she's counted and they all know that the lesson, what she wants is for them to count these legs and that we've got a bear and a spider. So how many legs are they going to be? Now, this is interesting. Why would the teacher not just say, how many legs can I see on these animals? I think it comes back to their curiosity. It comes right. back to their, their anticipation. Like I said, that performance, um, if, you can, if you can engage them through, through, through acting out, through performing, then it, it gets their curiosity. They want to be able to do it themselves. They don't want to be taught. They want to be told. They want to be the ones getting it right. I see. So your role as teachers, as performers, I think I can understand a little more here what you mean. It's not just about showing and telling. There's a little bit of drama, a little bit of uh, conversation going on here. Absolutely. And I think it's it's really important for us as well to plug that um, uh, vocabulary as well. So if we can if we can scaffold the learning by sort of introducing them to concepts and getting them to talk themselves, then it's a teacher's job just to occasionally input to say correct vocabulary or to to just clarify something vocabulary in what sense in terms of mathematical and non-mathematical vocabulary so Mm. we could be comparing things um, and we could say that they're bigger and smaller and then we might introduce more intricate language we could say they are um, the the biggest object or the longest object and then further on to that we might be asking them to prove it by 
using some measuring equipment. You know, you might not explicitly say, can you use a ruler? But could you use cubes and say how long it is in cubes? Or could you say how long it is in, in pencils? Or don't know. So it's just getting them to think that it's not just one standard way of doing something. You know, there's a, there's a million ways that we can measure. There's a million ways we can compare objects. I see. So taking that particular observation or, or statement that they might make and then helping them build on that and extend it. Absolutely. I see, I see. Now, we hear a bit about STEM when we're looking at uh, schools and about education. Was it science, technology, engineering, maths? Yep, did I get that exactly. right? Exactly. You did, absolutely. <laughs> Is that a particular passion point of yours? Help us understand a bit more about STEM, what STEM actually means as a, as a bundle of subjects and, and how you see it. I think for us, um, certainly STEM, with it being a prep school, we've focused primarily on the science, technology and, and the maths part of things. Although engineering does come in through use of things like Lego and, um, and other building equipment like Meccano and stuff, which we have available. Um, but I think certainly STEM for us is, is about teaching children adaptable thinking, about helping, helping them to understand that there's more than one way to approach a problem or there's more than one way to approach a challenge. There's not just one set way to do things. So we like to to offer them opportunities to um, present themselves with a problem. Here's a thing, you know, I've I've got this bag and I've got four shapes in this bag. And in total, there are 12 sides. You know, what could the shapes be? So, again, there's not one solution to this problem. There's multiple solutions. And can they find one solution? Can they find more than one solution? And then can they use equipment to find or to show to present their ideas and and that kind of thing? So it's, again, getting them to, to elicit and to show that vocabulary. Your lessons are starting to sound quite fun from the way you're describing them, Alex. That's the purpose. That's the idea. <laughs> Do you have fun at work? I love it. I honestly love it. It's, it's brilliant seeing them instantly recognise concepts and just get things straight away. It's the complete opposite of, of the experience I had of maths at school and science. So um, seeing them enjoying maths and wanting to do more is just it's the best thing in the world. That's really good to hear. Are there any particular funny stories or, or, or lessons that uh, stick in your memory that were particularly uh, worthwhile or particularly fun? I think I was teaching a lesson um, and I was asking the boys to count, to count coconuts. I think it okay. was. I had some coconuts up and asking them to count them. And all of a sudden one boy goes, oh, it's, it's like we're stuck on a desert island. Mm-hmm. And I was thinking, oh, where's he going to go with this? What, <laughs> what's it? I need to stop him and get back on track with the lesson. I thought, no, I'm just going to go with it. Let's see what he's. Let's see what he comes up with this. And he says, yeah, because if I was on a desert island, I could use the coconuts to make a boat and sail away. I right. Thought, OK, you kind of want to get back to the maths now, but we're going to carry on going. So I, I thought, what what maths can I get out of this? And so I said to him, OK, how many coconuts do you think you'd need to to float away from this island? <laughs> and he, think, he thinks about it for a second and he goes, uh, I think nine. Right. And I thought, what a sensible... A sensible um, estimate that was nine nine coconuts to support your weight so you could float away on the island. So brilliant, and I thought that's amazing. How many do you think I'd need? And he looked at me up and down. He goes, at least a hundred. <laughs> <laughs> I love the way you've described that in terms of rather than coming to the lesson, coming to the child with your idea of, of a curriculum, of an agenda, of a fact that you need that child to learn. I love the way you describe just actually running with it. And just mm. giving that child a bit of space and a bit of encouragement and letting them come up with their own mathematical conclusions. Absolutely, absolutely. And a sensible conclusion as well. 
What, about a hundred coconuts. Yeah. <laughs> Make a note we'll of that. It, <laughs> it could come in useful. So if any parents are, are listening to this and they're thinking, what well, maybe they didn't have such a fun time of maths at home or maybe they're not sure that their child is going to be particularly engaged and enthusiastic when it comes to maths. Do you have any tips, any advice you can give to parents on how they can encourage uh, their children to, um, yeah, to give maths a chance? Yeah, I'm, I mean, I'd say... Maths is everywhere, you know, it, it's, it's all around us and, and it will naturally come out in conversations. So I think the, the, the best advice I could say is just to keep an ear out and just to make sure that any time something comes out, an opportunity comes out that's math related, just to go with it. As I said before, you know, just to run with it and see what you can get out of them. Um, because often they will want to engage with, with mathematics anywhere and anywhere. Um, and it's just making sure that you notice that and you go with it and you 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 allow them to explain their thinking and you allow them to use vocabulary and you can correct them with vocabulary it is everywhere and it's relatable to them in their own way and it's also relatable to us in our own way you know we we do it through Mm -hmm. measuring through through counting when we're at the shops and through Mm -hmm. estimating things like that um and it's relevant to them in different ways so Mm -hmm. you know i always say measuring you can do cooking is brilliant you can do any all sorts of cooking with them making play-doh and that's that's all you're measuring and that's counting and things like that you can do time you can tell them when bedtime is when when it's time to brush your teeth and then they're learning time they're looking at the at the clocks i see um and even with money you know you can you can get them to save up and see how much money have you got can you count the coins things like that so it, for us it's definitely making it practical and relatable to them and you mentioned going shopping there when when you go to the shops what sort of opportunities might we be listening out for there to help our children uh see an opportunity to, to to think about numbers well if this was um a, a literacy conversation i'd say make them write a list of things they'd like to buy from the shop okay um but if it's maths i mean you can see numbers all the all the all the way around there maybe you could give them some money and you could ask them that this is what they can buy with this money or you can just even spotting something on the shelf and saying oh can you just check how much that is and see and we'll and then we'll put it in the trolley Right. Just again, then they're recognizing numbers and then they're sort of thinking about it. You don't know what happens after that. Maybe they've looked at the number and they've gone, that's bigger than the other number I just saw. Uh-huh. So there might be some hidden maths there that they're, that they're experiencing just for themselves. Right. So you don't know exactly where the conversation will take you. Yeah. But if you're open to that and you're looking for ideas, you can, as you described before, you can you can run with it. Yeah. Start the conversation and see where it goes. Excellent. So we mentioned a little there about the way that uh, maths education, certainly the way it's dealt with at Falcons Pre-Prep, is quite engaging and and has possibly changed. What does the future hold for the way you approach maths within the school? Are there any changes that are coming? Are there any new ideas you're looking forward to implementing? Well, since um, certainly since lockdown, a a lot's changed about the way we do things. and, Mm -hmm. And some things that have come in, we think, how do we live without them? I know there's certainly loads of apps out there now that you can use and there's lots of websites that we've come websites we've come across that we use in class and for homework and things like that. But I, I think there's always going to be a place for, for pen and paper stuff and for mm-hmm. practical hands-on objects. Um, Numicon and cubes, you know, we, we always use cubes when we were at school. It's going to be the same thing. No one's ever going to get bored of using cubes in the classroom. <laughs> <laughs> but um, but certainly there are there are new things and there, it, phones have got calculators and, and compasses and th- all sorts of things on there now. Right. Um, so one thing we're trying to do here is to, to, to make children aware that these applications are available online and also in other ways. Hmm. So we're promoting awareness, I think, at the moment, and also allowing them to use iPads and things for completing 
mathematical activities or for taking pictures of things they've done. So just slowly integrating their technology into their into their learning and making it a part of their learning. You mentioned various websites that you use at school. Are there any particular websites or particular apps that you think we should know about? Any you'd like to highlight as being particularly useful? Certainly Enrich is an excellent website for um, reasoning and, and sort of more challenging questions. Enrich? Um, Enrich, yeah, with okay. an N and then the mm-hmm. word rich sort of enrich. Oh, I see. N. R-I-C-H. Yeah, R-I-C-H. Okay. And it's, it's brilliant. It breaks it up into all sorts of areas of mathematics and there are certain challenges and they're all very practical, very problem solving based. It's not just a, a, a list of sums. It's right. questioning and it's deeper, deeper understanding of concepts, mm-hmm. um, which is brilliant. We use that a lot. And for the more interactive game based uh, activities for maths, we use a, an app called Top Marks. Top marks. Um, top okay. marks, which again contains all the subject matter, all the concepts we cover in school, but they put them all into game-based uh, things, and it's just you know with certain things you're ordering the numbers by dragging them to the to the correct order, or um, or things like that, clicking on the the balloon that's got the biggest number on it, or you count down for ten seconds, and you've got to find the answer the most amount of sums you can in ten seconds. So th- these kind of challenge games that our boys love because boys love a challenge so we've got these challenge games for them to play and they they love them so that approach of treating things like like games like challenges does that help to make things more accessible help to to motivate boys as they as, as they get into this sort of learning for sure i think they the, the reward the quick instant reward system is brilliant for them you know they love right. being being challenged they love competing they love playing the games alongside their friends to see who can go faster or who can get more of course um, and you can do that at home as well. You know, you can sort of set a challenge. I've done 14 questions in a minute. How many can you do? You know, so it, right. anything that's challenging, you know, it really gets them, gets them intrigued and, and engaged. Alex, it certainly sounds like you have quite a lot of fun here in your, in your role as a, a maths coordinator and, and as a year one teacher. If, if you weren't a teacher, what else might you have done? What might you have gone into if it wasn't for teaching? It's a tough question. It's, it's one that I haven't really thought about. I do sort of think of the idea about writing um i would love to to do some some writing of children's books or other sorts of things like that um that's the only other thing that i thought could i do anything else at the moment possibly i could do that but i think anything that i do is going to involve working with children or alongside children i think writing children's books sounds like a good idea if if they're as fun as, as your lessons sound there could be something in that thank you very much and how about when you go home after a a, a, a long day of learning at school Alex what, what sort of things do you like to do to relax and, and chill out well I'm a big sport fan mm-hmm. um, and at the moment there's been quite a lot of, of sport on in the afternoon so that's usually my downtime activity um, also chocolates uh, and any other kind <laughs> of food I can get my hands on um, yeah that's my downtime activity but you know, I'll scroll through. I'll scroll through our our apps and things, and have a look at what I can do, and what I can think about doing the next day for the boys to make it to make their learning interesting as well. You mentioned sport there. Do you ever get involved in any of the sporting activities that go on at the school? Um, I teach games every oh, Friday. Okay, I do. Yeah, I teach a group in games. Doing rugby at the moment, so I'm trying my hand at that. Um, and sometimes when we have fixtures, I'll I'll go along with fixtures and and support our teams, but. Um, yeah, it's definitely it's definitely a passion of mine. Is rugby your preferred sport? I tend to go for cricket, but um, okay. any any sport that involves a ball. <laughs> okay, so at, at the school, uh, cricket, rugby, football as well. Yeah, cricket, rugby, and football. We do. We mm-hmm. start with um, football in the autumn term, then to rugby in the spring term, and cricket in the summer term. I see. 
Brilliant. Alex, Alex Murphy, um, it's been really nice chatting to you, giving us a bit of insight into how maths is approached at Falcons Pre-Prep, how much fun you have in lessons um, and, and what it's like to have a day in your life. Thank you so much for joining us, Alex. Likewise, Clive. Thank you very much. Brilliant. Thank you. That was Alex Murphy, maths coordinator and year one teacher, explaining to us how the right approach can ensure maths stays fun and enjoyable at Falcons Pre-Prep. That's it for this episode. To find out more, check out the school website, falconschiswick.co.uk. Now, our next episode is coming out soon, but in the meantime, thank you for listening to this one. Don't forget to follow or subscribe so you can stay in touch, and we look forward to seeing you next time. Bye for now.